You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Rimmon podcast. All right. Well, good morning, Trace. How are we doing this morning? How's everybody doing? 2020. Here we are. New decade. We're starting a new decade. Oh, man, it's incredible. I usually don't get like too involved or wrapped up in the whole like New Year's resolutions, but I'll be honest with you, like approaching this year has been a little bit different for me. Uh, I'll talk about this a little bit more later, but I feel like um, my life has just maybe drifted a little bit and lost some focus on things that I need to be focusing on more deeply. And so I'm kind of approaching this year uh, with some New Year's resolutions. And like I said, I haven't been a big fan of like New Year's resolutions in the past. And if you don't know who I am, then you don't really know my background. I'll give you just a little, uh, some nuts and bolts of my background. I used to be in the health and wellness field. And when uh, I used to be a part of this health club, we'd have people come in and, you know, this is the time everybody comes. You're going to see all these new people in January. Everybody makes their New Year's resolutions. And then you don't see them in March. Like you see them for January, maybe February if they're committed, but then you don't see them in March. And so I just kind of got to where I was like, man, I'm not a big fan of these New Year's resolutions. And I used to have a statement where it's like, start on Tuesday because most people don't start things on Tuesday. But if you know it's something that you should implement into your life, then why not start it whenever you can? Start on Tuesday, start in November, start in December. Why do you feel like you need to wait until January? But this year has been a little bit different for me. It really has. This year, as I'm approaching 2020, I'm excited about some things to get refocused, to start focusing on more deeply in my life. Real quick, just by a show of hands, how many of you guys have like a New Year's resolution or goal that you want to tackle this year? Just raise your hand really quick. Give me some crowd participation. Many of you want to do that. Maybe one of yours was being uh, here at church. Maybe church was a New Year's resolution for you where it's like, man, I know that uh, church should be a more regular part of the routine of my faith. And that's what led you here. And if that's true, if that's true for your life right now, I want to say thanks. Like, thanks for, excuse me, thanks for following through on that commitment. But if you ask me, I'll be honest with you, I don't think it was just a commitment on your part. I think that was the Holy Spirit. I think it was the Holy Spirit drawing you, convicting you to come in this direction. Because again, we're going to talk about this today, but we all have a tendency to drift. And God never leads with guilt. And so instead of leading with guilt, he leads with conviction. In other words, sometimes he makes us feel something where it's like, hey, the direction that you're going right now is not necessarily the direction that I want you to go. So I'm going to make you feel something that's going to draw you back into my presence. That's how he works. Now, I want to get off really quick, just on a, on a tangent. I want to kind of get on a soapbox. Can I get on my soapbox really quick? Is everybody okay with that? Really quick this morning. And I want to talk about like church just for a second because over the years, I've just noticed that church seems to be losing its importance in many people's lives, even committed Christians. And what we have a tendency to do is kind of excuse it away. Oh, I don't need the church, and you know, I don't need a building, all those things. And the church is not a building. Like, you are the church. But can I remind you that this, what you're a part of right now, what you're sitting in right now was not my idea. It was God's idea. Jesus was very intentional about putting into process, into place, what you are a part of right now. He did this 2,000 years ago, and we get a deeper kind of look and and description into what the church was supposed to be when we go back and actually look at the original word in in its meeting in the New Testament. The word for church is ekklesia. This is the Greek word, and ekklesia literally means to gather together. It talks about the assembly. It talks about the called out ones, how we're called out to come out from where we are to gather together, to be a part of a movement that's something much bigger than any one of our lives. But we have a tendency to kind of excuse away the importance of this gathering. But can I just remind us all, once again, this was God's idea. And I'll hear people say from time to time, yeah, Aaron, but I don't need the church to love God, and I would agree with that. You don't need the church to love God. 
but I can't imagine a better place for us to learn about the love of God and learn how to share the love of God in more impactful ways than coming together as his church. And so as we approach another new year together, can I encourage you to make this a bigger commitment in your lives? Because when we gather here on Sunday morning, we're reminded of a lot of things, but maybe one of the most important things is that you can be reminded that God created you on purpose and for a purpose and with a purpose in mind. And so I just wanted to start with that. kind of leads me to what I want to talk about today. And I want to begin with this proverb. In Proverbs 11, verse 14, we hear Solomon say this, hey, without good direction, people will lose their way. Without good direction, people will lose their way. We all have a tendency to drift. Now, I'm not sure how you would sum up your 2019, but it is possible that you're here today. And at least in some area of your life, you could probably identify with this, that there's some area in your life where you lost your way. I mean, it happens to the best of us. We never set out for this to happen, but it happens to the best of us. Maybe we start neglecting that we neglecting something that we need to be focusing on, and we start focusing on something that we should probably be neglecting. Maybe for you, it's completely different. Maybe something that caused you to lose your way this year was a relationship that went south, and you kind of feel like you went down with the ship, or maybe for you, there's something that you just you couldn't see coming, and it kind of caught you by surprise. And because it caught you by, by surprise, it just really affected you. Like internally, you know it did something inside of you, and you're trying to figure out how to recover from it. It's possible that you're in here today, and because of the stress that many of us feel throughout our life, the anxiousness that many of us, many of us feel throughout our lives, you started you started consuming something this past year. You started taking something. And originally it was just, you know, every now and then just to kind of cope with the stress. But with time, it started to feel more like a dependence. And now you're kind of flirting with this word called addiction. Or maybe for you, and you wouldn't want to admit this, but if you think about it, you know that this year you became pretty selfish. Like you, you started focusing way too much on your own life. And there's a healthy focus that all of us should have on our lives. Like I get that, right? We all should have a healthy focus on our own lives. But for you, it was such a deep focus that you started to lose sight of people around you. Maybe you even lost sight of God himself. Now yours could be completely different, but maybe for many of us, when we look back at 2019, there's an area of our life where we would say, I've drifted. I lost my way a little bit. I'm going to ask you several rhetorical questions this morning, and it begins with this one. When you get at the other end of 2020, and you're looking back on this year, what do you want to see? What would you like to see? Now, keep in mind, there's going to be some things that happen in our lives this year that are completely out of our control. Because we can't predict tragedy, right? We can't see the massive layoffs that are potentially heading in your direction for the job that you currently have. We can't control whether or not the Patriots will win another Super Bowl, all things that would bring devastation to our lives, but I just saw that they won or they lost yesterday. But I wanted to keep this in the sermon. Is that okay? If it's... <laughs> but there are things that we can control. There are several things that we can control. There are some intentional steps that we could take this year that regardless of the things that we can't control, that are outside of our control, if we follow through on just a few things, Overall, our life would greatly benefit from it. And so let me ask you another question. <laughs> if the greatest change to your life in 2020 was that your faith became deeper 
and you developed more of a reliance and dependence on God, like in the foundation of your Christian walk, if that was like the biggest change that you experienced in 2020, would you be disappointed? I've been doing this for a while now, and I talk with people about kind of where they're at in life, oftentimes, whether I'm counseling or just meeting up with somebody. And I've never heard somebody reflecting on the year, you know, another year gone by, reflecting on the previous year, and ever say anything that sounds like this. Yeah, my faith grew this year. I'm not real happy about it. Yeah, I developed a deeper dependence on God this year, but I wish I could take it back. I wish I could do it over. What if? What if? What if this year your faith became the driving force of your life? Above all the other goals that you have in life, above the weight loss goals, above family and financial goals and relationship goals, all in which are good things, right? But when we put good things above the most important thing, listen to me, a good thing can actually become a bad thing. This is why I think Jesus <clears throat> was incredibly intentional when he chose to use the metaphor of a foundation when he was describing to us our pursuit of faith using this idea of a foundation of what we're building our lives on. Hold that thought for a second. There's several different channels uh, that I'll kind of flip through when I'm watching TV. Uh, three primarily. I watch the outdoor channel, uh, watch ESPN, and then I'll watch like HGTV or maybe the DIY. I, I love these house flipping shows. I don't know why. I just absolutely love them. And so one of the things you'll notice if you ever find yourself watching these uh, kind of DIY or house flipping shows is one of the first things that they will look for is whether the foundation is good. And that'll become one of the biggest deterrents for them to walk away from a potential house that they would purchase if they find out the foundation is bad, right? They're kind of walking around the house looking for cracks in the ceiling or in the floor to show them that the foundation is actually not good. We should probably steer away from this. Because listen, no matter how pretty the things are that you put on top of a bad foundation, ultimately they will not last. But when we start, and we build on the right foundation. Everything that you put on top of that will become stronger and safer and more secure. And so can I ask you another question? If you get on the other end of 2020 and your life feels safer and stronger and more secure, would you be disappointed? I want to show you what Jesus says about this in Matthew chapter 7, and I'm going to read from the message paraphrase because I think it'll enlighten us in a deeper way when we see it said differently. Let me read to you from Matthew chapter 7. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, and I love that imagery, if you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. The rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house because it was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter. Gotta love the message paraphrase here. You're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. And my guess is I don't need to belabor this point 
any further because you're probably like me and you're, everything inside of you is like, yes, Aaron, I want to build a stronger foundation for my faith. But we also understand it's not just going to happen, right? I mean, a stronger faith is not just going to fall into our lap. Maybe you have heard me use this phrase before. I use it often in leadership settings. The best of intentions, which all of us have, right? The best of intentions will just get you at this exact same place at this exact same time next year being the exact same person. I've personally learned that real change, real change, comes when I make wise decisions over an extended period of time, when wise decisions in my life become consistent. In other words, this is not going to be just like one choice that we make today, but it's going to be several choices that build on one another. And these choices over an extended period of time have the potential, listen to me, and I believe this to the bottom of my toes, have the potential to lead you to a life transformed. Here recently, I've been uh, watching and looking into this whole domino effect. I don't know if you've ever looked into this or the research behind this, and this is just one small video of this domino effect on a smaller scale. But one of the things that I learned in looking into this more deeply is that you can take and you can start with a domino that is five millimeters tall, which is the size of like an eraser on the bottom of a pencil. And with each additional domino, if you only went up one and a half times the size of the previous domino, by the time you get to the 29th domino, just the 29th, check this out, you would be able to knock over a building that's bigger than the entire state building. Why do I share this with you? Do not underestimate the power and the potential of ongoing consistency. Can I say it again? Do not underestimate the power and the potential of ongoing consistency. A life built on faith doesn't just show up. It's built on small acts of obedience over a period of time. But with time, listen to me, with time, you could experience a faith that right now you don't even think is possible. And the reason I can say that with so much conviction is because I've lived it. You could be depending on God and relying on God in ways that right now don't even make sense to you. Because when you begin to put one wise decision in front of another wise decision and these things begin to stack, I promise you, you could end up with a life that's feeling more strong, it feels more secure, and it feels more safe. But it has to start with the right foundation. You have to build it on faith. And some of you right now are thinking, Aaron, I really do want that. Like, I really do want that. But how in the world do I get it? Because I've drifted. I've made some compromises in my life. I've made some decisions that I feel like I'm still living with the circumstances from them. And if you're honest, maybe some of you would say, you know what? Not only has my life not been built on a foundation of faith, it's not really even been a focus up until today. And I'm not here to cause anybody, give anybody a guilt trip. If anything, right now, I want to look at you and say, it happens to the best of us. It happens. So can we, can we all just say it together? Ready? Drift happens. Let's say it again. Ready? Drift happens. But if you want to do something about it, if you want to do something about it, nobody else can make those wise decisions for you. But if you want to do something about it, 
I want to help. I really do. And I would say we want to help as Trace Church. In a few weeks, we're starting something together as a church called Rooted. And Rooted, listen to me, it's not just another Bible study. It's not just another book. It's a community, a community experience designed to make your life more intentional in the areas that matter the most. Rooted is going to teach you seven rhythms that are essential. If you ask me, they are essential to a healthy relationship with Jesus. And over the last six months, we have been preparing for this. We have been praying about this. Uh, We've also taken two pilot groups through this. One of those pilot groups was uh, our staff here at Trace. And I want to be careful. Like I'm not, I'm always careful not to over-sensationalize something. But if I could be really transparent with you today, I think this is the best step that you could take towards a life transformed this year. I really do believe this. It'll be a 10-week commitment on your part. We're starting in a few weeks. It's going to be on Wednesday night. We've already got probably 60 or 70 people that have signed up for it. And you need to know this. Like, This is not just going to be another thing that we kind of offer at Trace. This is going to be one of our primary focuses because we want your faith to be rooted in Jesus. Because it's so easy. We're, we're all guilty of this. I'm going to keep talking about this. We're all guilty of drifting. Like Our natural tendency will never be to drift towards God. Our natural tr- tendency will be to drift away from God. And sometimes we just have to sink our roots deeper into our faith to make sure that everything that's coming out of our life is coming from our faith in Jesus. And I don't want you to just take this from me. I also want you to hear it from my friend Julie. Check this out. Um, I grew up as one of Jehovah's Witnesses. By the age 11, I was fully devoted to being all in for that organization, which involved 90 hours a month of knocking on doors. About the age of 16, um, I decided that something didn't feel right. I always knew God was there, but it just didn't, nothing matched up in my life. I struggled with knowing that God was there, but didn't know what to do. Um, what was the next step in my faith. I uh, ended up meeting my husband, and he just had the most peace I think I've ever seen anybody have, and I wanted to know what that was. And um, he just told me the truth about Jesus, and it was one of those, like, that's it. I know that this is, this is what I've been searching for. So after being at Trace for a little while, we heard about um, this new thing called Rooted and really had no clue of what it was. Um, Thought it was just another Bible study, another group to go to. So we were down for it, but I really just didn't think there was anything going to be new. I don't have a huge background in um, knowing things exactly correct from the Bible from my um, point of growing up, how I grew up. So I was kind of interested to see um, if there was anything new to learn because I just really wasn't sure of what it was. So the first couple of weeks, kind of wrestling with what it was about, um, seemed a little basic, like a regular devotional. Um, By the middle of it, we were all in. Uh, We realized that we were starting to really draw closer to the group, um, really see change and transformation um, with ourselves and with our friends in the group. Um, And by the end of it, we realized that we found the community that we were looking for. Um, One of my biggest takeaways from the whole Rooted experience is that I learned that my story really matters. My story is different um, than a lot of people's, but 
my story can be impactful, and I learned that through Rooted, and that's something that I'm thankful for and will never forget. If you want any more information about that or to get signed up, feel free to go by guest services today. And like I said, we have a limited amount of space of how many people will be able to take through this the first time around. And so if you feel like this is a step that you know right now that God would want you to take, that this would be the intentional process in your life that's been missing, that I would encourage you to sign up as quick as possible. I want to read to you something that the Apostle Paul said to the church in Ephesus when he writes them a letter, because I think it sums up what I've been talking to you about just really well this morning. Let me, let me read it. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell, dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted, everybody say rooted, being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love, to know it, not just hear it, but to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I'm not sure there's a better way that I could sum up what I hope for each and every one of you in 2020, to know his love that surpasses knowledge and to be filled with the fullness of God. But that almost sounds like coffee cup Christianity a little bit, right? You have that on the side, like be filled with the fullness of God. You know, it's like, what is that? What is that? Like, what is that? Like, what is God full of? I think it's a fair question. I don't think it would be an exhaustive list, but I think we could first look to Galatians 5.22 when Paul's talking about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And just imagine this year, and this may sound like super spiritual, but I really don't think it is. I used to be so much better about what I'm about to describe to you than what I am today, and I want to get, I want to get back to this. But what if we started every day with a different posture? God, my life is yours. And I don't know how many more of these days that I have left. And so today I want to serve you. And so God, would you, would you fill me with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? How much different would that day be? How much different would our lives be if we consistently approached each and every day with that posture? How do we grow in these things? How do we fill our lives with these things? Listen to me, we practice them and we pursue them. And I believe when we do that together, which Rooted is gonna give you an opportunity to do, when we do those things together, it grows exponentially inside of us. And if I haven't, <clears throat> if I haven't emphasized this enough, can I emphasize it now? What we're filling our lives with, specifically what we're filling our hearts with is incredibly important because what we fill our lives with is what comes out of us. This is why Jesus says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. That's why Solomon said, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So can I ask yourself, or I'm sorry, can I ask you to ask yourself a really honest question this morning? What are you filling your heart with? What are you filling your mind with? If I could encourage you over the next two or three weeks just to pay attention Pay attention to the things that you're allowing your life, your heart, your mind to be filled with. Because if we're going to reestablish today a new focus where faith is going to be our driving focus, I think we're also going to need to do a detox, a spiritual detox. Let me, let me illustrate it this way. 
one of the things that I'll do a couple times a year is a nutritional detox. And I'll take some herbal supplements and I'll eat certain kinds of food and it's designed to clean out my lower GI tract. I'll try to keep it there. I won't give you too many more details than that. But what happens, and again, with my health and wellness background, this is something that I've studied thoroughly. Um, your lower GI tract is where your body will absorb the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that your body needs the most. But when you allow certain things to come into your life, and when you allow certain things to come into your body that you eat that your body really doesn't want, what happens is your lower GI tract actually starts to get gummed up. And so this cleanse allows that kind of gummy stuff to get, get out so that my body can absorb the nutrients and vitamins and minerals that I need to be healthy. Stay with me. When we drift, which we all have a tendency to do, we've determined this. When we drift away from God, what we have a tendency to do is open doors that we should be shutting. We have a tendency to grab onto things that we should be letting go of. We have a tendency to say yes to things that we probably should be saying no to. And when those things come into our lives, it's kind of like it gums up our soul keeping us from experiencing and absorbing the things that God wants for you the most that will bring health into your life this year. And so maybe there's a detox that we need to do before we ever approach this idea of making faith our primary focus. I need to. Let me show you what Paul says in Romans 12 that I think lends to this conversation. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you're going to be able to test and approve Pay attention here, ready? He says, you're going to have to let go and get some of this stuff out that the things you've been conforming to, the doors that you've been opening, allowing certain things to come into your life, you're going to have to get rid of that first if you want to be able to see what God wants for you, his purpose and his will for your life. Jesus also hints at this as well. In Matthew chapter 5, when he's kind of beginning his Beatitudes, his Sermon on the Mount, makes a very interesting statement. He says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. So there's something about purity that allows us to see God more clearly. But stay with me, because if you look at the Greek word for pure, it's the word katharos. And katharos actually means to decontaminate. They often would use this word with like blacksmiths. Blacksmiths would want to get all the contaminants out of the metal so that it was as pure as possible. My guess is there's some things that need to be decontaminated in our life. And if this exercise will help you, I would encourage you to go through this mentally. I'm nothing special, okay? Let me begin with that. But if I were to follow you around for two weeks, what would I naturally see that's happening in your life? That I would be like, whoa, 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 like that is bringing contamination into your life. Close that door. Don't send that text in that relationship. Don't watch that video. Because we all know there are things that it's not going to take a whole lot of rocket science for you to understand. Common sense would tell you Man, get rid of this in your life. Like, stop drinking Starbucks and stop, start drinking Dutch Brothers. Amen? <laughs> it happens. It happens to the best of us. Let me kind of begin to conclude with a moment of transparency. Uh, this last year, I feel like I've drifted a little bit. Not a lot. Don't overthink this, but I've drifted a little bit. I've lost sight of some things that should be a, a bigger focus in my life. And the way that I would illustrate this for to you, it's like driving a car, right? So when we're driving a car, if you let go of the wheel, your car is going to drift. 
when I let go of the wheel of my life, my life will naturally drift towards certain things. I will drift towards anger and deep anger, frustration, irritation, and that kind of leads to this weird stuff where I begin to become really skeptical about people. I start looking at the worst in people instead of expecting the best in people, and it kind of creates this suspicious posture in my life that I absolutely hate. I think it's important that you know there's a healthy amount of self-awareness. If you've ever done any research or any reading on emotional intelligence, the beginning of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. I think it's healthy for you to know that when you let go of the, the wheel of your life, your life is naturally going to lend, it's naturally going to drift towards whatever this is because you need to know what that is so you can set up parameters around this. The way that I've referred to these things in the past are flesh fallbacks. And a flesh fallback is nothing more than the part of you and me that has no problem disconnecting from God. In other words, when you let go of the wheel, your life is going to drift towards that. So today, we began a new series called 2020 Vision with a hope to help you to see into the future with more clarity on what it is that you need to put in place so that this is not another year that goes by where you have the best of intentions and then you get at the other end of it and you notice that you're in the exact same place that you are right now. Real change, real change comes with wise decisions made over a consistent amount of time. And so can I encourage you today to not be short-sighted? Listen to me, don't be short-sighted because the decisions that we make today will create the reality that we live in tomorrow. And so I want to leave you with these three words. First, let's reestablish, let's reestablish together that our faith should be the driving force of our life, no matter how much you've drifted. That your faith, I don't have to convince you of this because you already know it, that our faith needs to be the driving force of our life. And maybe the very thing that you need right now is to step into an intentional process, so maybe rooted is your number one takeaway today, where you need to go get signed up for this because it's exactly what you've been missing, an intentional process to create some roots in your faith that will allow you to go deeper. And then the last word that I want to share with you is release. In order for us to build this new foundation, we're going to have to let go of some things. We're going to have to do some decontamination in our heart. Let me pray for us. Our Father, Lord, I thankful for this message that you gave me. And I know it's a challenging message and I'm glad it is because Father, I feel like we need to be challenged. Father, I feel like there's so many areas in our life that we allow for compromise, that we kind of just allow our lives to drift. And so some of us need to grab the wheel once again and we need to hold on tightly. Lord, I don't know what it's going to take because I think there's going to be so many different next steps that need to happen from the people in this room to get them to ultimately where you want them to be. But God, would you remind them as you're convicting them, you never lead with guilt, ever. But you lead with conviction to move people in the direction of your son, Jesus Christ. Because you have a purpose for us. And your purposes are so much better than our own. And so Father, we pray that you would just Speak to us clearly. Help us to see clearly. Give us 2020 vision on what it is that we need to do next. We pray this in Christ's name. Everybody said.